Welcome, welcome everyone to the special episode of the Beers and Miles, The Elite Files. I'm the host, Chris, and I'm joined by two of these three regular suspects, Larry. Hi. And, <laughs> and Nicole. <laughs> well, Nicole's just laughing. Jeez, guys. All right. Uh, <laughs> this week we have a very special guest. Uh, we have Zach, my coach. Uh, Zach ran for the University of Michigan, where he specialized in the distances, running 5K, 10K, and steeplechase. Post-college, he made quite a name for himself in the ultra-slash-trail running scene, winning two USA 50K titles, representing the U.S. four times, one in a World Mountain Running Championships, and three times in the 50K. He won the U.S. 50K title last year, and also, just to throw a cherry on top, he also qualified for the Olympic trials in the marathon for the 217-24. Welcome to the podcast. Okay. <laughs> we'll forgive you for being a Wolverine. Don't worry. <laughs> I've already forgot. I really only care about running sports, so it's, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. It's like uh, collegiate hockey. Like people like the sport exists, right? But people don't really pay attention to it. So I, I like, think Michigan's pretty good at that. But yeah, one of the games ever. So I don't know. We probably just pissed off a bunch of collegiate hockey people to listen to this. So like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like collegiate hockey people understand people who like collegiate track. You know, it's like a very small market. Their market is still probably bigger than ours, but I don't know. Have you got, they like only have like Midwestern white people. Yeah, right. I a mean, bit more do you remember that scene? Do you remember that scene in Mean Girls where they go to uh, the mathlete thing and they just look at the crowd and they're just like, awesome, great crowd, great crowd. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how a track and field meet works for college and probably high school too. Yeah. It's like oh, you see yeah. like two people in the stands, like yay. Yeah. My mom like, actually showed up. First night of the pen relays. It's a really really depressing night because that's the night that they do the steeple and the 10k and like that's it. And I ran this, like the collegiate championship heat of the steeple. And maximum, maximum, there's probably 50 people in the stands. Jeez. And there's probably 40 coaches. <laughs> like, it's, the, it's the Thursday night. And then, like, you're there on Saturday watching the sprint relays, and there's 50,000 people, and you're like, what? <laughs> Where did they come from? Yeah, I feel like I've got that with uh, band competitions, too. Like, back in high school, like, you would watch, like, the, unless you're, like, a friend or, like, a boyfriend slash family member, it's like, you're not going to a band competition. So, I don't know. I would, I would go to, like, a drumline competition, but yes, Nick Cannon movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all like that. See, I didn't have that problem because I was a cheerleader, so it was more like everyone just kind of flocked. Not for me, but for the other thing. I just happened to be there, so it was like, I got the crowd. <laughs> hey, oh, that's so funny. I was also a cheerleader in high school. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what? After watching cheer, I would 100% go, and I would want to talk to every team after, like, how many injuries have you had? Who's, like, who's your uh, mad talk guy? Right. No. <laughs> no, I was not a killer, Chris. Please do not actually think that I was. <laughs> I thought we were going like, to learn something new. Honestly, like, it would not surprise me at all if you were a cheer. Like, if you just, like, went out and did, like, a double back handspring, like, tomorrow, I'd be like, Actually, okay. my, my coach in uh, high school used to get pissed at me because I was a, when I was a freshman in in college, or high school, I stopped playing football after my freshman year, but I did play up until that point. I was doing like cartwheels on the sideline on my full pads and shit. So like, 
to screw it around, you know? So, like, you know, you're, like, what, 14 and just, like, dicking around on the sidelines. So, yeah, in full shoulder pads, I would be, like, cheerleader moves, but I wasn't a cheerleader. I feel like that describes your running style today. Mm-hmm. Full <laughs> cartwheels while running, yeah. yeah I don't think I've done a cartwheel successfully in, like, 15 years. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't have that issues. I mean, I think you've done some other stuff pretty successfully, so we'll give you a pass for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's speak about that. I mean, it was was it it wasn't always successful. So let's talk about you getting into running. What got you into running in general? Because you're not originally from Michigan. No, I've lived in like I don't know the count anymore. Like it's somewhere between ten and twelve states. Um, so my dad was in the army, so we just moved like every one or two years of my entire childhood. Going to it was kind of crazy. Like the last bit of it was I went through fourth through no first through third grade in Arizona then I went fourth through seventh grade in one part of Texas eighth grade in Kansas ninth and tenth grade in upstate New York and then 11th and 12th grade in a different part of Texas so just moved around so much um but the benefit of that is like I don't know if it's still that strict but like back in the day for the army my, my dad's an officer, so, like, officers had to pass, like, pretty rigorous, like, training tests. So, and one of the, like, key things is they did the two-mile run. Um, and so my dad would do 5Ks all the time, and, like, we would be Saturday or Sunday morning out at some 5K at, like, 6 in the morning on the course for him to get his packet when I was, like, five years old. So I think right around the time of six years old, I started signing up for the fun runs. Seven, I did my first 5K nine years old I did my first 10k and then I got to the point like nine and ten years old I was doing a 5k or 10k like every weekend pretty much year round because it just became our family thing I would do it my dad would do it my sister who is two years younger she started doing them really young um my mom never did any of them <laughs> uh but that just became like our, our thing like it was like oh it's Saturday like what 5k is nearby so just started doing them and I wasn't like immediately immediately awesome at them just doing like kid fun runs um, but then I started like winning, you know, like the 12 and under age group and stuff. Um, and it just became like the really fun thing. And then like, I don't know, I think I was really odd kid because one of my earliest memories I always tell my friends is it must have been like fourth grade at recess. I wouldn't go up to, there weren't my friends <laughs> that that many. I would go up to kids and be like, how many laps do you think I could run around like the playground? before uh, recess is over and they'd be like, I don't really care. <laughs> around the playground by myself until recess was over. Just laps and laps by myself. And I, I probably was the smelly kid. Like now I'm a teacher and like, I have smelly kids. Like I was probably that kid a little bit. Now I'm like super hyper, hyper like, I carry deodorant in every single car I drive, and, like, there's a deodorant in, like, my teacher's bag. I'm, like, very sensitive about that stuff, but, like, for a while, I probably was. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I just always – I got hooked really young and, and started liking it uh, really, really young age. So – Did what, you uh, – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, did you then transition – I mean – when you were the kid in elementary school transitioning into like middle school and high school, were you then a, a track runner for that? And, and what was that transition like? Yeah. So I started like AAU track when I was, I think probably, um, probably fifth grade or sixth grade would have been the first time I did like a track meet. And I started off as like a, a sprinter. Yeah. Um, 
in central Texas. And there's some pretty funny pictures where like I'm running the four by one and the four by four as this lanky, awkward white kid with uh, frosted hips. And like my three teammates are like African American, and I'm just this weird, lanky white kid with frosted hips. <laughs> my favorite running pictures. And like I guess I was okay, but I, I had to have been the slowest like leg. But there weren't that many opportunities for like distance races. I think like the 800 might have been the longest I could go. Right. And when I got to middle school, like my prime focus became breaking five in the mile because um, where I was in Kansas in eighth grade, that was school record was five five flat. I ran 501 to 504 like eight times. Like just every meet would be like 501. But like when I think back to my training, that was also the, my hardcore skater phase. And like my training was like I would show up to practice with Converse that like, and this was on a military base, and I would draw anarchy symbols all over my Converse. <laughs> like it's in like government funded housing. Like the military was paying for our rent. But like an anarchy symbol and like the Bam Margera, if you remember the Hardogram. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all over my Converse, and like the coach, like Cornelis, like what are you doing? It's like I'm fine, coach. They work for skating, like like run some four hundreds in them, and like go home. So like I, I probably could have broken five, but I wasn't really like caring enough. And like I was winning, like if you're five minutes in eighth grade, you're winning by like a minute anyway. So thought I was on top of the world, and then I got to high school. I was like, whoa, there's some really fast people like out there. You ran a five minute mile in eighth grade. 501 was my best, yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> Why am I, what is this sport? Chris, go ahead. I know you had a question, too. <laughs> no, no, continue. So now, you, now you've hit high school, and uh, the game's changed. Yeah, it, it changed a lot. And where I went in upstate New York was the, like, uh, the team's still really good. Fayetteville Manly is who's, like, girls have won NXN, like, pretty much every year that NXN has been in existence. They were in our region. Um, and I got to see firsthand, like I ran, I think my freshman five KPR was 1636 <clears throat> and that didn't even get me to state. It was just like this incredibly, incredibly deep, um, region that I was in and everyone was running like 15s on these like really tough, like when I moved to Texas, like, thank God these cross country courses are track meets in, in New York. Like you've got all these famous courses, like park and all these things are just like nonstop hills and like mud and they seek out really difficult courses full of hills. So got there and like got my butt kicked didn't make the state in anything and and either uh i ran a sub 10 two miles of freshman didn't make the state didn't even come close all these things so like my freshman year i was like okay i'm gonna have to work like a little bit harder and i thankfully had a friend on the team uh my freshman year who was a uh, senior when i was a freshman who kind of like he gave me daniel's running uh formula and he also gave me his like original first edition of once a runner and basically was like read this this is what you need to know about running. And so he ended up being the best man at my wedding um, several years ago. And I was the best man at his wedding. So like the guy who kind of showed me like, Hey, you're pretty good, but you don't know anything about running. This is what you need to learn. Ended up being kind of like my guide. And also like, now he's my best friend. It's kind of cool. That's awesome. Oh, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> so at that point you, I mean, you run sunken Hills and, and like Manhattan when you're out there. Um, so that's a different, um, section. I've run actually both of those courses just like independently when like, uh, traveling around, I just wanted to run them. Uh, I was in section three, which is like upstate New York, New York functions way differently than any other state I've lived in. Like even in Michigan, 
to be in the good regions, you need to be either in Metro Detroit or the Grand Rapids area. There's a couple good like athletes scattered to and fro, but like the really rural areas aren't like powerhouse schools. But in New York, it's kind of crazy. A lot of the really powerhouse schools are near Syracuse. Like none of the ones near New York City are really that good at all. Like it's you got to be like near Syracuse area. That's the dominance, and those are just teeny farmland communities. Huh. There's nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> so you moved around a couple of times in, in high school. How do you think that affected like your performances? Do, do you think that it made you better? Because you said you moved to Texas, right, from New York? Yeah. Do you think that made you like a better athlete? It, it did because in, in upstate New York, we had a coach who had no idea what he was doing. Our, our cross-country coach, track coach, was awesome. Our cross-country coach like was infamous for just like – just really dumb workouts. We'd work out way too much. Um, when we found out we were moving to Texas at the really end of my sophomore year, and I think I had run like 16 flat for the 5K and 936 for the two mile, but I'd run 941 as a freshman, so it wasn't like the huge jump I wanted. I think I ran like 431 for the mile as a sophomore, but I ran 434 as a freshman, so everything was pretty stagnant because I was doing the same workouts. There's no progression. It's just like we're going to do the same thing forever. When I moved to Texas, we like made contact with a friend I had made the first time we lived there who was like an AAU cross-country coach who had a daughter that was two years younger than me. And she's like, well, here's the school I go to, and like I'm doing really well here. And so we chose that school. It was 45 minutes away from my dad's military base, so it was quite like a commute for him. We could have lived a lot closer, but the, the school was really close to the military base had just horrible, horrible cross-country programs uh, that I had talked to former friends from my middle school when I went there in seventh grade who had had, like, they said, like, oh, yeah, our cross-country coach throughout the year, it's a series of volunteer coaches that are, like, assistant coaches on the other sports teams that have to do their two weeks with cross-country. So they'll have, like, the oh, JV, wow. like, the freshman football coach has to do two weeks with cross-country and the JV basketball coach two, two weeks. So it's like, oh, I'm not going to go there. So we ended up at a school... And when I emailed the coach, I said, hey, my number one goal is to have a collegiate scholarship for running. Here's my current times. I know they're not like the best, but like my, my goal is to get very close to my minutes. And the coach, to his credit, he bought the Daniels running formula. Cause like I told him, like, I really like this book. Like, I think it's kind of smart. He bought it and basically memorized the entire book and reformatted the whole team when I got there. And I give him so much credit and I still talk to him to this day. Um, that year, he started posting like our V dots. He had us do the like you know the standard like nine minute time trial, mashed up our V dot, and then posted on the wall of our athletic hallway who we should be training with based on like our time trial time and what that we should all individually be doing. It was crazy. Like I gave him so much credit because with like sixty boys on that team, we were all doing like our different rep paces and everything. We understood why. And so my sophomore year, I think I ran nine. 36 or whatever it was for two mile. And then my junior year, I ran high 12. So it worked wow. Yeah. That, that was a good move. Wow. So at that point, now you're a junior. And also, is that, is that the point where you made your dice that profile? Um, no, I made my dice that profile as a freshman in high school because one of my top rivals in the state had a dice that name and like, I wanted to be competitive with him because I've been just like reading it for a little bit. Cause again, my same guy who was my best man had showed me dive stack. Yeah. I never knew that was like a running fan network. Like I was like, Oh, it's this weird thing. I guess I'm good at it. I'm going to try and be better at it. 
And I didn't know there were people who were like diet hard about it. So he introduced me by that. So actually my diet to was South Jeff Biscuits in 91. South Jefferson High School is my upstate New York high school. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So so at that point now, you you've I mean nine twelve, you were you you're you're battling on like going you're battling at state at this point. Like and even at that point yeah. Uh, Nike Cross Nationals, did that exist at that point? Was that the first two years at that point? And yeah. Foot Locker's that the too? Thing I feel that, like, my claim to fame is my senior year of high school was the first year they allowed individual qualifiers to NXN. So it became NX, this is still NXN, yeah, but they had their first like NXRs where like individual athletes could qualify. And I was, is there a second or third at the region? I can't remember. Is there a second or third? And then I was ninth. And XN my senior year. Jeez. So, I guess just overall for high school, what would be your best high school memory at that point? Best high school running memory would probably be, I don't know, it's it's a tie. My junior year, I won Nike Outdoor in the steeple. And, like, I had run one steeple race that year. <laughs> I'd run, Texas has one steeple for the whole state at the Texas Relays, and, like, you have to apply to be admitted. You have to have, like, a certain mile or two-mile time because they don't have high school steeple in the south at all. And, like, it's still pretty rare. It's really just New England, the northeast. And um, I ran, I applied, ran the one, uh, qualified, and then set, like, a gigantic PR at Nationals and won. So, and that was, like, really a surprise. Like, I went in trying to win, but it's like, oh, all these other kids have raced, like, 10 steeples. Like, it was mostly New York kids because New York has steeple in the state meet. And then, uh, but that ties with my first sub-15 uh, 5K. My senior year of high school was on my rival cross-country team's course. It's actually Parker Stinson's high school. And I demolished him. And they were like <laughs> unfriendly rivals. And I broke 15 there for the first time. And I'd run 15.34 or whatever for my PR as a junior. And I, I remember as the first time I was accused of doping. Which I was like, that's cool. Like, they got dope because, like, zits had cleared up. And one of the kids from the rival team, from Parker's team, came up to me and said, Hey, I'm just wondering, like, are you taking Accutane? Because, like, we heard there's some performance, like, enhancing benefits to Accutane. It's like, first of all, no, I'm just, I'm just taking, like, clear a cell. No, but thanks. That's cool. You think I'm doping? Uh, Zach, what what uh, what years were you in high school? Actually, what uh, was your? I graduated in two thousand nine. Two thousand nine, man, that was yeah. uh, right around peak Runescape time. Did you? <laughs> Did you ever? I downed that once in college while I was injured, and uh, I'm really bad at gaming and did, didn't understand it. Oh, yes. I'm so sad, but I'm so glad that I was able to sneak it in. <laughs> oh, I'm so angry. He tries to sneak in Runescape as much as he can at all. <laughs> Every episode. I downloaded it in 2010 when I had a knee injury and was yeah. like, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, that's the uh, time. They removed uh, free trade at that point. So really, you, you came in at the wrong time because there was a Dude, lot of. I'm, I can't even tell you how bad at gaming I am. It's yeah. like I bought an Xbox One in the first week of quarantine. So I guess oh, yeah. it's like three weeks now. Um, and my, my best man actually. He's tuning in with some of my other good friends from upstate New York for my friend's 30th birthday party tomorrow night for Call of Duty. Oh, I downloaded yeah. that two weeks ago because I got like the digital version or whatever. I haven't 
opened the game once. Like, I haven't played it, and we're doing a four-hour gaming session tomorrow, and I've been messaging them, like, guys, I'm going to be a huge liability. I've never played. Like, I've never played Call of Duty. <laughs> Is that the... Uh, oh, your team. <laughs> are, they, are they just playing the standard game, or are they doing, like, the Battle Royale thing? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what you don't know, Larry, is Zach's been playing Skate Three, like endlessly yeah, for the last two weeks. Oh man. I'm real good at it. Okay. Yeah. Chris, Chris mentioned that at some point. I forgot who he said was playing Skate Three, but actually, I love that game. So Skate it's Four, fantastic. I, I really want to Skate Four, but I don't know that we're going to get it anytime soon. No, but so I, I researched when I got the Xbox. Like, why is there no like Tony Hawk Pro Skater games? Turns out, like he left. I don't. Like no, Tony Hawk's not gonna listen to this. So if this is false, I don't know. Yeah, like he left. He left Activision, I believe it is. Yeah. yeah. Like the way like the design was going, and he was in the midst of designing his new game on like an independent platform. And I imagine that might be delayed right now because that was like 2019. He was redesigning a whole new Tony Hawk Pro Skater to be like the best one ever. Yeah, the uh, company that made um, Thug, Tony Hawk Underground and Tony Hawk Underground Two, the NeverSoft company, they actually yeah. were after. Uh, 2015 or 16, so that kind of, you know, so I, those games. I know American Wasteland has a lot of haters, but I, oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. American Wasteland was good. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> it and my wife and I have been watching a whole lot of uh, Nyjah Houston YouTube channels, so, <laughs> like, I've watched probably <laughs> seven hours of skateboarding in the last two weeks. Man, I, I, yeah, I've just been watching a bunch of other people playing video games, so it shows that I'm in my free time. You would, you would enjoy hanging out with the guys out here, uh, like all these track club guys. Braden's been, Braden and uh, Josh been watching uh, Baker 3. I'm just looking at the yeah, old Baker. Yeah, one. Yeah. Nyza has this thing <laughs> where every Saturday, he has send Saturdays. He just, like, films himself, like, with his friends, just, like, on their Saturday skate session. But they're doing like 360 flip, like blood slides, like as they're just like casual, like, oh, look, I'm just like, this is real. I'm just do this real quick. Like, look at this <laughs> X game winning trick for like this fun Saturday session. I was never allowed to skateboard as a kid. I never got that experience. My mom was always like, you're going to end up getting yourself hurt. So, like, I had to wear like insane pads and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, as an eighth grader, and then when I got decent at running, my, like, my junior and senior year of high school, I. I like wasn't banned from it, but if I like touched my skateboard, my dad would be like, "Oh, so like you're not going for sub nine anymore?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the kind of really things, though. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I think I texted Krista so we go. I, I don't remember if I told her or not. I like went to the, all the schools are closed. And there's an elementary school like down my street that has a little stair set. It's got this big like. You know, asphalt black top with like the you know like four square and all stuff that's perfect for skating. I was just trying like a trick that I could do since like seventh grade, like just like I was trying a heel flip and like unsuccessfully oh, yeah. couldn't land it. I landed it once, but it was sketchy, so I wanted to try it again. And just like a very, it's not that hard of a trick. And I strained a muscle in my back trying it again. Just, like, I'm not going off a ramp. I'm not jumping off stairs. Just like on flat ground so badly that I couldn't bend over for two days. Wow. <laughs> like, At least I'm not the off-season. I'm not 13 anymore, I guess. Yeah. It's like, yeah, uh, you, you sacrifice those kind of muscles when you start running, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, really, yeah, yeah. But uh, so, I guess I've tagged in two different push-up challenges, and both of them, like, I'm not doing this. No, not today. <laughs> we did, I think we did one on the story once, and then Chris just tagged me, and he said, fuck you, I'm not doing it. So. I did everybody else's push-ups, yeah. and then for his, I sat down, and I'm like, fuck you, Larry, we're not doing this. <laughs> 
He got. He was not very happy about that. My school attacked me in a burpees challenge yesterday. I was like, I don't. I don't really do. Burpees are a challenge. Well, I like the song challenges. Those are fun. You can at least like listen to other people's music, but like, you know, it involves exercise. Like, I'm already doing that, so <laughs> go away. Just stay away from me. Jeez. Chris tagged me in a three perfect songs today, and it was. It's honestly, it's. Terrible. Oh yeah, no, it is. Yeah, we were all talking about that in chat. It's like even like three songs, like narrowing down to even like ten is is hard. Yeah, and like, and mine are very much in the moment, like. I'm that's awesome that people are like know their favorite songs, but mine are really like by the month. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's been fun to make a playlist right now. We have a, I, I made a playlist called chills and it's like chills. everybody that has like songs that just give them those chills that they, every time they listen to it, it's like perfect. It, that's what I've just started adding on there. And it's been, it's been pretty fun to see how everybody's, uh, everybody's, everybody's music taste is uh, for some people. I'm like, I just started asking my coworkers and I, I think it, really improved their day today. It's like, ah, we just jumped in a rabbit hole of just music and it's fantastic. Or I'm just really, really I'll, sad. Yeah. yeah. I'll check that out. Yeah, I'm always looking for good places. Yeah, I'll shoot you, I'll shoot you, um, shoot you an ad to it so you can start getting some stuff on there. Um, I kind of tell people I've, I've got a terrible taste in music. So like, <laughs> like I, I only, there's probably three genres I listen to. And it's like number one is emo, and like it's it's just mostly like 2004 to 2009 emo, <laughs> like hardcore modern rap, and then like number three is Sean Mendes and, <laughs> and Harry Styles. Sean Mendes and Harry Styles have their own category, um, and there's nothing else. I really don't listen to anything else. And it's you know, I mean, I've got some really hipster friends to talk about all these cool like indie bands like i don't know i'm still just taking back sunday every day so i don't really ever heard that it's so funny because me, me and you's music taste as far as like the emo side like because i got really into bayside when i was in when i was in high school and so i and bayside that too takes up half my chest <laughs> so so ba- like that that music taste where you like i get that and then for the rest of our like because i for the people that don't know, and most people know, I don't think anyone knows, um, Zach and I have been part of this whole die stack group since like probably like mid, like late, late 2000s. And so, like, it's been over 10 years, uh, and they've, we've all seen each other grow up. So, a lot of us have stayed in contact. And everybody, like, the people at, at this point that we still stay in contact, their music taste is really, really indie, like, really indie folk. Like yeah, Brian, Ali Shaw, like they're really, really into indie folk, and I and I've actually a lot of my favorite music has come from that. But like, there's very few people that I'm like, oh heck yeah, we 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 get angsty all we get angsty all together. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm actually uh, speaking of indie folk, wearing my favorite band. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so somebody else knows Guster. Thank God, because like. Yeah, they're uh, actually I have a tattoo of their um, of their album on my arm. But yeah, man, I love Guster. They're so indie folk, and like their new stuff's more like synthwave. But like when you get like the Keep It Together album or Gang It Up on the Sun or anything along those lines, like that's like pure indie folk, and I adore them. I only know them because they have like a weird cult following in Ann Arbor. Because like, I mean, Ann Arbor yes. is the I I don't know if this is true, but I'll call it the the folk capital of the Midwest because the Ann Arbor Folk Festival draws like major, major people every year. Like I saw Iron and Wine there and like Patty Smith is usually the host, like crazy stuff like that, but like is the MC for the night. But yeah. like, 
yeah, Guthrie has been there a few times. And I was like, oh, okay, they're popular. <laughs> so I actually um, reached out to them on Twitter once, and they sent me free tickets to their show here in Columbus. So Whoa, that's pretty cool. I'm like a super fan of theirs ever since like yeah, what, yeah. 2013 or 14 or so. So if you fangirl over one artist, one musical artist, like not even a song, just an artist, who is it? My wife wants me to say Harry Styles because we've listened to his Time Desk concert probably like 30 times in the last seven days. But honestly, it's Ben Gibbard um, of Dashboard because I actually fangirled him in person once. So he's a big time ultra marathoner, which is really cool. And I did this 50 miler in Washington, like the Seattle area. I want to say it was like three years ago now. And I was like, it's in this like, hour and a half outside of Seattle and like my friend and I from college we stayed we got this little cabin together pretty close to the um, like starting line finish line um, in this like mountain town and in the middle of the day like check-in started at noon the day before the race so I went there at 1201 there's just like three people in line and the guy in front of me is like oh my god this guy is pretty familiar and like he said like this is like a uh, name and he goes uh Thunder Gibbard and I was like oh my god this is Ben Gibbard in front of me like checking in for this race and then uh i was not cool about it (laughs) (laughs) even though he just said his name i said are you ben gibbard he goes yeah man it's like oh that's that's cool yeah it's like seventh grade man i i I saw you when you played in the ann arbor folk fest he goes oh yeah man cool that was fun it's like well, good luck tomorrow. It's like, yeah, you too. And it's like, oh my God, it's like that was Ben Gibbard. <laughs> I got to like talk to him for a second. And then last spring we saw him play with that cat in uh, Detroit, and it was awesome. He's so good. So like, I don't know. I fangirl over him because he like he runs hundred, not just hundred miles. He runs two hundred mile races. That's kind of awesome. Like he's, he's wow. like a normal person who like shows up to 100 milers and like some people know him and he just like yeah runs them but he also like sells out concerts all over the world that's awesome (laughs) he's pretty cool but also harry styles because uh yeah he's great right now (laughs) (laughs) i uh i haven't listened to his new music yet i know he just recently released an album didn't he harry styles yeah the tiny desk concert will make a believer out of you it's real good all right all tiny desk concerts are good his is really good. I'll give it a go. I'll give it a I had never, I had actually never listened to him ever. I didn't even know that the songs that I liked, like from like poppy radio, because like again, I like Shawn Mendes and like generic pop. It's very, right. it makes it feel good. Some days you're like, I don't want emo, or like this guy yelling at me about gangster rap. Like sometimes it's more like, ah, oh, we're happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess we should probably talk about college. <laughs> yeah. So we've been trying to avoid it. We've been trying to avoid the Michigan thing. Oh, yeah. uh, no, no. Go to Michigan. Uh, it was probably Michigan, my visit. It was my best visit by far. Um, I took some very contrasting visits. I visited University of Portland for my first visit and really good team. Like they, I think they beat us most of the year. So I ran there at like nationals, but I don't know. It was just weird. It was a really small school. And I think they just paired me with some of the wrong people on the visit. Like they sent me to a junior level engineering course about vectors and like, I'm not good at science. Like, I'm an English teacher. I love English. And they sent me to this two-hour class taught by a German guy with, like, math that was so far beyond my level, I started falling asleep to the point that my host gave me. And they, and they sent me with a junior instead of, like, my freshman host. 
he gave me a pen and a pad to start doodling on. I was like, I don't know, I don't like it here. And like, I went to a 2000 kid high school to graduate from, and this school has like just under 4,000 people. So I was like, ah, uh, awesome running team, an amazing coach. Uh, I think it's Rob Connor, I think. Yeah. Great coach, great team. But I was like, you know, not really a, not a fit for me. Um, and I was in Austin too. So I was like, I don't know, the town's cool, but I just don't see myself on this campus. And then I did, I did an unofficial to Notre Dame and just, it wasn't for me. I just didn't, I just didn't like the feel of it. Um, but did Syracuse is my top choice. And this was before they were like really, really good. They were okay. But this is kind of before the, their resurgence. Um, and it just was, I had been there my first two years of high school when I went to Syracuse, like as a senior, it's just a little bit like, you know, you couldn't really leave campus. You got to some kind of seedy areas and like, I pictured my, they made some kind of jokes about like some inappropriate areas of town. I was like, oh, I don't really know if I want to be here then. Cause like you're joking about these dangerous parts that you should just avoid. I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. Like that doesn't seem that great. <laughs> and then I took this visit to Michigan and it was, I mean, it's, it's a pretty prime visit. It was their 2008 Olympian welcome back uh, weekend. <laughs> I guess at the yard line of their game versus Wisconsin. Uh, Michael Phelps sat one row in front of me, like wow. in front of me, and a bunch of other Olympians. They brought like Phelps and all them on on the field for halftime. Um, and Michigan at the time set their record for their largest ever second half comeback to beat Wisconsin. Like they were having a pretty bad season, and they overcame like a like a like a twenty eight point halftime comeback or whatever. And like and then and I didn't drink anything on my visit. And I was very like straight laced in high school. But I still walked around with like my hosts until like three in the morning, and I just remember looking at how happy people were, and that everyone even like three hadn't even changed. People were just wearing like maize and blue t-shirts, and I remember feeling like, oh, this is like a community where people very much like hard die hard for their school, which I imagine is like the same at OSU. Like people are so hardcore supporting their school, and that was the first visit that I had. That like Syracuse isn't like that. No one cares. Like Syracuse basketball, sure, but like they're football team you know right so i think that is like yeah this is definitely i want to be somewhere where people are just pumped up about their school um so that that's what they got me there weirdly the next weekend i was supposed to visit wisconsin who would beat us all four years <laughs> by a lot i think they won like two national titles where i was there and um i canceled that 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 visit because on my way back to the airport with the coach i told him i said coach i'm, I'm coming here he said you don't have to decide now. You can decide when you come come home. And I said no. This is where I'm. This is where I'm going. So I got home and I called Wisconsin right away and said like, Hey, I really appreciate the recruiting process, but I I'm going to Michigan. Sometimes you just kind of know. Like yeah. You might click with uh, the campus. Like this is very much a town where I could be. Yeah. So it's interesting. I, I asked this question for uh, Matt, which is the guy that we had last week. He was uh, for the D3 school um, or for a D3 school and I asked him about the shoes that he was provided in. And basically he said that it's kind of a crapshoot depending on what schools you go to. For Michigan and, and for the D1 schools, are you guys provided with like specific shoes that you have to wear or did you get to choose what you want race day? Um, race day, you have to. I, I don't know how it is to this day, but when I was there, you had to wear a brand. Okay. Um, it was Adidas, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm very thankful. It's pre-Vaporfly. So, like, honestly, Adidas cross-country spikes and Nike cross-country spikes, like, not that big of a difference. You can make the case that Nike's spikes or track were still better, but, like, eh, it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. Um, so <laughs> I, I switched to um, Adidas after I committed. Actually, I never really trained in Adidas uh, yeah. shoes. 
So I committed in October of my senior year and I trained in Adidas trainers for the rest of my senior year of high school. And I, yeah, Adidas are fine. They're still good training shoes. Um, and this is pre boost and all that kind of stuff too. So like, oh, I wow. did a special, like I'm very grateful that I avoided the technology boom. Like when I graduated college, Nike's best shoes were the victories and Adidas had like, like yep. their Avantis are pretty solid shoes. Like I'd say like better. not that big of a difference. I like the Avanti better. I wore the Avanti for steeple. Yeah. They were fantastic. I actually raced in um, God, the, the less aggressive version of the Avanti. Was it the cadence? Like the, the 10K spikes that had more foam on the bottom. Yeah, that would have been the cadence. Yeah, yeah. Those are great, great shoes. I'm very grateful. Like these days, I wouldn't go to a, God, I don't know. It must not be that for full ride. I don't know if I'd go to a non-Nike school. That's a, that'd be a tough choice, especially if I was a 10K guy. If I was an 800 guy, it doesn't matter that much. But, yeah. like, yeah, if you're a 10K guy, like, I would choose a Nike school. Yeah, interesting. I, it is interesting, too, because, like like you said, the technology, but, like, I, it's interesting that you're thankful. And, like, I, I guess I, I get that in a way because, like, uh, obviously you got to, to feel what it was like before and now obviously for the Olympic trials, which we'll get to here in a little bit, did you, you yeah. have paper flies for that? Yeah. Okay. The- so, so what, what is, I, I guess, what, do you like the difference there? What do you feel about the vapor flies versus running in, in the, in the Adidas shoes and like, why, like, can you actually feel the difference essentially? Yeah. Anyone who tells you they can't feel a difference is lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I won't stand by that. Like, yeah. I mean, there are some non-responders, but I think that's a very small percentage of people. I think most people are responders, and I think most elites are responders. I feel like, yeah, severe heel strikers aren't responders. Um, they're crazy. Have you guys all run? I know Chris has. Have you guys all run in Vaporflies before? Yes, I got to wear a pair of Chris's for a 5-mile or 8K time trial we did recently, and that was pretty they're, fun. <laughs> they're insane. They're yeah. like... They're insane. They're, they feel the first time I put on like the OG vapor flies, uh, I felt like I could dunk and my <laughs> wife did not believe me. So I said, no, try these on, even though she's like size nine in women's and I'm 13 in men. So she put on these like moon bound shoes and she walked around. I was like, Oh my God, I, I believe you. Like it, it's insane. Just the feeling of them. Um, I didn't race in my alpha flies I've got that they gave us for free at the trials. I've gone back and forth on selling those because I don't really care anymore. Like the trials were up here. Like even at the trials, I didn't race in them. I raced in my, uh, my paper fly fly knits that had something like 140 miles on them already yeah. going in. Cause like, I don't know. I don't want to wear new shoes on race day. And the, uh, the next percents I think are what really screwed up my Achilles. Anyway, they're rough on the Achilles. Interesting. Uh, they're crazy shoes. I hope that the Alpha Fly never catches on. They're weird. Like, they're really weird. I've worn them around, like, my hotel room in Atlanta, and since then, I haven't even put them on. They're just sitting on a shelf um, in the guest room right now for, like, display. I guess I could make, like, $800 on them. But, like, it's kind of cool to have. I have a friend who's actually the guy who – the first guy to propose the stack height regulation is in Ann Arbor working at the sports lab, and I think I'm going to do some testing with him to do the first, like, official percentage boost. Because huh. I have all the versions of the Vaporfly now, so I'd be down to do that with him. But, like, I don't know. I, I've i run a 220 in Skechers Gomeb, like, threes. 
So with no carbon and like, those are just like very bare minimum shoes. Those are like the road racers of 2006. Right. They certainly make you faster, but I'm not at the point where like my like living depends on having a rocket booster on my feet. So it's cool. They exist. And like, if you can afford them, awesome. Um, If not, like you can get by wearing lots of other brands. Right. And I, I'm kind of smiling like a, like a child right now, because like, I, I, that's exactly the way that I described them as moon shoes. Like it, it literally right. is like, you can feel it. It's like a bounce. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I was literally the second that Chris let me try them on for, I think we did five miles at marathon pace or half marathon pace. And I, he's just like, go wild, but don't take it too serious or don't take it too fast. Cause they will like, there's no slow mode on these. And I didn't no. believe them at first until the first loop around that, around the Antrim is what we did, which is like a lake. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> like it actually, yeah. it's the first workout you do. And then we are like, oh, okay. Yeah. I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess on that vein, like techno doping is kind of a, a word that's been thrown around a little yeah. bit. And Nicole and I kind of roll our eyes at that because I don't really, I mean, yeah, to a point, like it exists, but at the same time, like it's technology, things are going to advance regardless. What's your opinion on that? Like being as high up as an athlete as you are, like, how do you feel about techno doping? Do you like it? Do you not like it? What you know? What was going on? It's like, and I feel like a lot of people I've talked to is like, it's like a blessing and a curse. Like we love to see the sport go forward. Yeah, but it, it does suck. Like I mean, I didn't race in non Nike shoes at the trials. Like, and Nike's a horrible company. <laughs> like they're not. They're not great. Like we're 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 good friends with Mary Kane, and like they they do some horrible things. Like just horrible horrible things. Like I would love. I would love if the new Sauconies are better, but they're unavailable. I can't get them. Like, and they said they're pushing back to July now. I think if those things come out in July and I try them on, and even if they're, let's say I said they're a two percent gain, I'll wear those gladly. Like, I don't want to be wearing Nike, and like most of the stuff I train in isn't. But it's kind of one of those like crap. But like, you want this guy who you are better than to beat you because you're not wearing the same shoes. It's like this weird thing. It's like because I do think they there are no shoes that fast, and if you wear your standard, you know, 2014 road flats, like if you wear your old Skechers, new Skechers have some good stuff. You wear some old Skechers versus the Vaporfly and you did all the same training and you're equal, that guy's going to beat you by a minute. Yeah. Like even if you're equally fit. Yeah, and if you, like, I remember at this point, like I have, at my peak, I had like 60 pairs of racing shoes and everything from the 1998 Jasaris to the Lunar Racers and the Streaks. And like it's completely different. I've worn every, I've worn all everything, like even from the Saucony, like the 800 spikes that they made, the Endorphin series that they made, the LD, the MD. I wore the like Adidas Avantis, love those, or the Mambas, or like a bunch of stuff from like the, like all the way to the 2000s, like the Kennedy, the the Fenelis, like all these spikes. There's nothing like it. Like at this point, even then, like if I was running even a like a 5k on the track. I put on a pair of vapor flies. Yeah. What I will say is the benefit, the, the positive side. So I have these alpha flies. Um, they feel fast, but like I've heard some reports from like, I, I talked to some like Kenyan Americans for the American distance project at the uh, trials. Just so they weren't racing them because they really don't like them for anything beyond the half marathon. Huh. I'm hoping that like the Vaporfly might be that ceiling. Like there might be like some very limited improvements on that. And if that's the truth, then like, that's fine. That means like people will catch up. Like if yeah. Alpha Fly had been this like 
next, next level jump to like this 10% that some people are talking about, that would have sucked. But I, they're not like, if I put them on and thought they were magic, magic shoes, I would have raced in them. But I was like, I don't know. They're heavier than the Vaporflies. And like, I had a 211 guy told me he was not racing in them because they start to feel crazy in your calf muscles past 20K. And I was like, okay, that's good. Like, if we've, like, if the next percent are the best thing ever made, that's great. Like, if there is a single, like, yeah, Nike just accidentally did a hundred percent shoe and, and in the next five years, everyone catches up. That's fine. And that's ultimately good. Like if everyone, yeah. finds, okay, here's the model for the best. And then they catch up. And even if they're like 1% behind still, and that's great. That's good for the sport. Right. As long as not someone that's like a lap ahead. That's fine. Maybe like for a while, they were like a lap ahead. Right. <laughs> like yeah. Nothing close. Well, it's yeah. interesting. You see that, uh, like uh, the sentiment I've been seeing on Twitter is that a lot of people believe that Nike just bought the curve for the next several years. Like they just like bought their way into having that, that advantage over the other shoes. Uh, number two, uh, this is just a point that I'm going to throw out there. It's going to come out here in like maybe 20, 30 years that, you know, those commercials where it's like, or if you were a loved one have been impacted by mesothelioma, <laughs> it's going to be like, if you were a loved one have been impacted by vapor flies, and we're going to find out that like the vapor flies, like do something to your legs. <laughs> <laughs> if you've had Achilles injury, I never had Achilles issues from running from 20, from 2006 to 2000. 19. I never had Achilles issues until I ran in the Zoom flies. And then the vapor fly I ended up. Injuries in 27 years of running. And in my 28th year of life, I got them when I started racing in vapor flies. You may be entitled to financial compensation. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I was saying. Because I got a lot of expensive shoes. It's funny that you say that because even like on this like mid middle of the pack amateur runner such as myself, like I I, I wore the next percents for one workout that was like a 17 mile workout and I got a huge knot in my calf, like the size of the freaking moon. And I was like, this is horrible. Like why do people wear these shoes? But they're just so good. They're really aggressive and the stack height's crazy to get used to. And like, I mean, a lot of the studies show that like your ankle is acting as a lever more than normal. So like it's doing a lot of extra work. So that puts a ton of extra stress on like things that you're not used to. So like, yeah, the calf and the Achilles is doing more work because it's like kind of acting as that spring type of technology. So yeah, like I get really worried when I see this like no offense to these people, like five hour marathoners buying them and doing all their training in them and they're like heel strikers. I'm like, you're gonna get injured very fast. Like you are going to get hurt. These were designed for Kipchoge. Like <laughs> the guy weighs 115 pounds and has the best form of any runner ever. And like they weren't meant for us, like especially the Alpha Fly, you have to land on your toes. That's one of the reasons I didn't run in them. Is like if you don't run on your toes in the Alpha Flies, they got these crazy like air pockets up front. You, you will get hurt. But you can't. It's like actually impossible to run in them and not be on your toes because all of the weight is there. See, it's interesting too. Chris knows this about me, but I'm one of those people that like favors like the look of a shoe. So like if I'm running in shoes and I don't think they look cool, like. I don't really like the next percent, and I don't really like the alpha fly because I both they, like they, both they look like alien shoes. They look disgusting. So oh, like, even cool. if, even if they gave me advantage, I'd be like, get these fuckers out of here. <laughs> the Icadin uh, next percent, those are cool. The, yeah, like blue orange, like those. Yeah. Are but uh, I like the the bright orange crimson of the Vaporfly. I call them red. They call them orange. I don't care. It's whatever. orange. It's fucking shoes. It's oh, yeah, the original, the fly knit orange. Yeah, those are great. Red uh, shoes look, make you faster. Look, just, look. <laughs> I like the the Tokyo ones, the ones that are purple. 
Those are fucking sick. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, are those the ones that you wear, Chris, or are those? Blue no, ones? I don't. I don't. I don't have. I don't have those. Okay. I was trying to get something okay. to get them. So I was actually in Tokyo when those drops in 2019 for the Tokyo Marathon. Yeah. And um, they were, or in 2019, um, they were sold out in like probably a solid two minutes at every single store. Wow. <laughs> like you just you couldn't find them. And I had a mental breakdown because I was like, you know, these should be really easy to find here, but they were not. <laughs> but ooh. you ran Tokyo. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I want to do fine. it. You should. You should. You should definitely do it. It's a. It's. It's not really a good. It's not like a super interesting course. Like you go to like New York City Marathon or like I, I mean even even the first half of Chicago. I would say like really interesting courses. Like really, you see all the sights. Tokyo's not really like that. Like it's like yeah. three major turns onto itself and you finish in the Imperial Gardens, which is awesome. But yeah, like cool. you don't really see a whole lot. Oh. But like you do get to see like on the turnarounds, you get to see the people that are faster than you, which is like it's good motivation. And also like it's just really cool. Like the culture, like it's the first marathon that I ever ran that actually like, you know, like Boston, Chicago, New York, whatever majors, but Tokyo felt international. Like it wasn't just yeah. because it was over there in a different country. It was like the guy the next to is Japanese. The guy that I'm taught walking to the crowd with is from Spain. Like everywhere. They're really hardcore about marathoning. Like I could confidently in the next year or two get top 30 and I, ha I have gotten top 30 at New York and Boston. Pretty confident that I could not take the top 100 at Tokyo. They tried. <laughs> it's like they have a hundred college guys that are faster than me in Tokyo. Like they're insane. They have yeah. that one marathon every year. I don't remember which it is. I think the top hundred go under sixty-three minutes every year. <laughs> <laughs> like most of them are like nineteen. Man, yeah, that's funny too. We're, we're sitting here having like a casual conversation about like shoes and stuff, and it's like, oh yeah, by the way, also this guy runs like top thirty in Boston. What we might try to do out here, because like we're not that far away from you guys, is like when this is all over, because we're gonna try to do like I told you about that five k we're trying to do. Uh, maybe do a Nikitin out here, like somewhere in the middle, and just say, yeah. hey, hey, everything's all cleared out. Let's just try a Nikitin. You guys can like set up your teams and just go, let's go ball out somewhere. That'd be fun. I got like five guys to bring down, man. There we go. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I, if we never, if the score never ends. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> let, let's let's continue on the story real quick. Like let's 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 touch on on college. How was college running for you? And uh, and just speak a little bit on that experience. Um, it was all right. I, it was, um, it was a weird time because my freshman year at the end of my freshman year, um, actually it was the 4th of July. Uh, they announced that, uh, my coach wouldn't be coming back. Ron Warhurst, like the legendary Michigan coach. He's in the books of four coaches, Willis, all those guys. Um, he was kind of thrown under the bus, uh, because our track program was kind of failing. So, and he was getting a little bit older, so they threw him under the bus. So he retired, but it's more of a firing situation. And then, uh, we had a new guy come in and I still lose uh, my friend to this day, but the training style doesn't mesh with what actually works for me. Um, I, I ran my senior year of college an average of 120 to 130 miles a week. And I have not gotten anywhere near there since 20. 12 like it's I can't run that much like I break down I lose my speed all that I found that really 
70 to 90 is like my key key spot when i go above 90 it really it's diminishing returns for me like i get injured or too tired it's, it's just too much training um so like i had a i had an okay time like i love my teammates i like my coach but it just wasn't what worked for me uh, it wasn't very individualized we were all just doing a ton a ton of mileage and whoever could survive the mileage would would be on varsity and like i didn't get injured for actually my last two years which is nice it's fine i was team captain um i did okay i ran my best performance is my my cross country time i ran 246 for an ak at wisconsin um and then i ran 14 11 for the 5k um, my junior year, and I think I ran 14-12 as a senior. My senior year, I started student teaching, and I really wasn't on the track team anymore. I didn't get to practice with the guys most days. I did most of my workouts solo because I was just five days a week student teaching, uh, not really able to be at practice. Um, so it was kind of a weird way to end it all because I would, like, see guys on, like, maybe Friday and then, like, at the meets. <laughs> like, oh, hey, guys. And then, <laughs> like, long runs. Like, reminder, I am on this team. Um <laughs> you haven't seen me in four days, but I'm here. Um, so it was, it was an okay. Like I make my, you know, those guys were my best, like my groomsmen at my wedding. I love Michigan, but it was, I did not hit the goals I wanted to hit. And then my first year out of college, I won my first marathon, which was great. Ran 220 at Detroit, but then I injured my uh, hamstring so badly that I took three months off of running from like October through January and then I ran Boston. The only reason I ran Boston is because it was the first year post bombing. And I was like, well, I can't like skip this one. This is probably a good one to do. And I ran a 233 or 234 off of a 70 minute first half marathon. Not a great way to run a marathon. But I think I've been running for four weeks. Um, but Meb won that year. And like I did terribly, but like I was in the marathon that Meb won. So it's kind of like, <laughs> So, so on that topic, what is the big things that changed? What are the big things that your coach told you right away that changed from? Because college running is completely different. I mean, you're, you're, yeah. you're, it's either for a lot of people that I see and even from my experiences, it's very – in some programs, it's super, super high volume or super, super high intensity because you're trying to basically dick swing to everybody else. No. I came from the rare situation where it was super high volume and super high intensity. We tried to do everything at six minute pace. We were told to do everything at six minute pace. Um, I think, and, and this is crazy, like I tell people this all the time, like, they're like, that's crazy. One of the biggest things that made me faster was just running slow. Like I run slow often. Like I don't do most of my runs under seven minute pace. You don't need to. And like a lot of these like um, pretty fast like girls I run with do all their runs at like seven minute pace. I've never run a sub three marathon. I'm like, yeah, slow down. You should probably slow down. Um, like I do a lot of my runs at 720 to like 740 pace each week, like my doubles and like I have like very fast wife. So like I run with her and like we run 720 pace and it's great. But like in college, I never, I don't think I ran a 720 mile in all of college a single time, like even like hungover, like never <laughs> like a 
recovery was. I don't think I knew what an easy run was. And like everyone needs to understand that easy running is so important. It's just like you can't hammer every day and be good. You might be able to survive. Like the rare people who are like not injury prone could probably survive, but you won't be as good as you can be. So like I save the hard days for the hard days. Like Chris is really good at that. Like I see like he's like changed a lot of his runs to above seven minute pace. Like I don't know if you did that like in college, but like no it's way. so important. Like, <laughs> like some days just like don't even look at your watch. If it's an eight mile east day, just jog eight miles. It doesn't matter. Like that day is not for fitness that day is for stretching out your legs so you can get fitness in your workouts that's been my big thing that and decreasing my mileage like 80 is feels like working pretty hard for me especially my job so like 80s like that's a lot of work and i'm training hard like i you know 100's great because it looks cool on strava but like it's not that important and if you're not a full-time pro you probably shouldn't be running 100 miles it's stupid like <laughs> that's too much Nicole, Chris, don't say it. Yeah, I saw, and then it got me smiling. And we're just, we're not going to talk about it. I know I'm taking my slow mile slow. We're done. You, 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 you know, you, you know, know it, as, as Zach was talking, I actually, I moved my finger over to Logan to see Logan's face the entire time. <laughs> Look, okay, I dropped a run down today. So I, I'm kind of recovering. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know if it's plantar fasciitis or if I just have a tendon tendon thing or what, but like I'm I'm rehabbing a foot, and today I decided to put it to the test and I dropped it down to 725 for one mile. It was fine, and then I dropped back up to 825, 830. You didn't put easy on my thing. You just said uh, uh, so, you just so, said you said seven miles, no strides. So seven. So, so, said, so 725 no, is his marathon pace. So he essentially went true. faster than his marathon pace for, for a mile. And it was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I was trying to make sure that my foot was okay, which I, I which, didn't really have in that life. You seem like me like moving my hands around and like playing with the ball or whatever. It's because like I'm, I'm rubbing on my foot. So. Which, my marathon pace is never easy pace. <laughs> yeah, dude, which, my, my marathon pace right now is seven flat. Like that's what my coach wants me to train at. I run my easy run, like my easy miles today were like 8.50. Yeah. And, and tomorrow I'm going to run at 9.25 pace because I have five easy miles. You didn't put easy on the list today, Chris. The, fu- <laughs> the funny thing about that is like your, what you you talk about, what you do is like to try to see if your foot's right. That's exactly what I did like a year and a half ago before like, before <laughs> sex, so like trading me. It's like, it was just like, oh, well, I'm finally kind of healthy or Hey, this kind of hurts. I was like, well, let's see if I can actually run faster paces on it and see if it hurts that way. And uh, I think I told the story, not on this one, but I told it with the, with some of the guys on the team that I actually fractured my foot or like I stress fractured my foot on purpose at one point because I was like, my foot was already hurting. I ran a track race and then there was a 5K and I already was like hobbling a little bit. And I was like, well, if it's a stress fracture, we're going to find out if it's a stress fracture. And it just like ran really, really, like stepped really, really hard. And you know what? At my dad's wedding, I could not, um, I couldn't really wear a shoe. I had to be on a boot. So I was just like, no, no, not a good idea. Not a good idea at all. You got to let me trial and error. That's all I'm saying. But no, is that actually getting to the, you mentioned Chris being, uh, like that where in college you didn't really take things slow and now like he is whoa I, I know we're, we're talking about your journey or whatever but I, I am curious um, uh, what, what is it like to train somebody like Chris like what is it like to be a coach for somebody who 
can run like a 220 marathon. What, what is your fastest marathon, Chris? I'm sorry. It's 230 only. He was supposed to run like 225 like in two weeks. Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to get there. I'm sure when yeah. Boston comes around to Chicago or whatever you guys plan for September or October, um, he'll probably he'll get there. But it would, I mean, being that Chris technically knows what he's doing, um, what, it's, pretty, it's honestly pretty easy. Yeah. Like, I, I coach a few fast guys right now, and like, it's it's a lot easier because like they know, like they get it, like they yeah. know what they're supposed to do, and like I don't have to check in every five seconds because like they know what they're supposed to do, and like like Chris will text me right after his workout. Like it's like. It's simple for like people who have done the whole process before for like a five k or ten k because like it, it just makes sense. You just like it's slightly different training for a marathon. Um, yeah, it's it's really not that hard to coach fast people. And like the the only the only hard part is to get them to like finally slow down. And, like Chris is great about that. And I think like um, like shout out to Hoofhearted, like he runs the Hearted group and like they run easy and like that's a great like community i had to kind of find my own version of that in michigan like i started running with just like casual runners of like all ages like there's a, in my little town of plymouth there's a, a downtown plymouth runners and walkers group on tuesdays and thursdays where like the cool. people will run 740 to 8 minute pace and like throughout the fall i went and ran with them once or twice a week like it's nice finding a group of people that like remind you like what people who just run for the sake of enjoying running and not just to like have a huge like you know like qualify for the elite or like american development field somewhere like that kind of stuff really good for overall running just like oh these people all walks of life all ages just like this is running that like we don't think about that much just like oh well you know boston like this corral like Mm -hmm. it's good to like take a step back and just like run with people who like running um that kind of stuff but yeah coaching like elite people is not very hard um and like so i'm coaching people like very different walks of life now like I coached my friend from 320 to uh, 251 uh, last year at CIM, and like that was a much bigger journey. Like we had to learn a lot more things because like he was not even a sub 18 5K in cross country in high school. I think it's like barely sub 20. So like there were a lot of lessons to be learned along the way, and that took four years almost to get to that 251. But like it pays off. Just like if you didn't have the absolute natural talent of guys like Chris like it takes more work and that's you know most sports like there's the guys who have been fast for a while but like the cool thing about running is you just keep putting in like the the work like this guy just ran a marathon at what his high school 5k PR pace was like it, it can get there but this guy took four years of just the grind to get to it but like just kept going Man, no, it's cool too because Chris and I bicker a lot actually it's fun I mean I hope I don't piss him off too much but like uh, I, I joke with him that he picked up the Island of Misfit Toys because he's got me that always does it too fast. He's got Keen that you say that she runs at the same pace or something, Chris. I don't know what you said, but yeah. she tends to run at the same so pace. So it, that's your classic marathoner that's that's just like at one pace yeah. and wants and, and does want and and just doesn't tap into that that quicker stuff. I think there's a weird like space up there for like especially like some of the like elite like females i know i think it's really hard to find a group of like ladies that are big that are doing the right pace so they're more apt to like for there if you're in the sub three range especially as a lady like you're more after with guys who are going to be running like too fast because like, a lot of guys are running way too fast anyway and they're running their marathon pace for their yeah. like training days so like like the fast i know a couple sub 16 girls that do all the training like seven minute pace and haven't broken three yet like that's too fast you're running pretty much marathon pace for your for your easy runs. Um, I think it's hard to like 
like, I don't know, I don't, it's just hard to get like that really ingrained. Like, hey, I know you can run a marathon at 650 pace. You should run 820 pace today. And like a lot of these like girls are coming from sub 16, like 5K programs in college where like they get in trouble if they ever ran an 820 pace. And like, they're like, that's jog. That's hobby jogger pace. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's fine. My general rule is I add a minute 15 to my marathon pace for what I'd call an average run. So like if my marathon pace is 517, I'm calling like an average run, like not an easy run, just like a mileage day, right? So that's like in the 630s, maybe 640s. Average run, I ran 636 for my 11 miler today. An easy day, I had two minutes. It's like my standard, I had two minutes for my marathon pace. So like that, for a seven minute marathon, that might be nine minute pace. I'm like, that's still legit. Like that's yeah. fine. Easy day. It doesn't you're not going it's not like for fitness. You're adding light aerobic and you're making sure you don't get injured. Right. But mm. like people will be like, nine minute pace, no, I race at seven. Like, so that's when you're racing, like in yeah. vapor flies and adrenaline. <laughs> that's been that's been the hardest thing Six especially miles your neighborhood. Like I I couldn't imagine it with people now, like because for us we just had Dystat and that was it. Now you have Instagram and Sprava, and so it's like the whole thing is like well, that doesn't look pretty. And it's like, yeah, and that's the hard thing because sure. like all the people that like, I've had people that I've had kind of like, I don't like, like I legitimately, I just don't like and I know I'm going to be on the line with them. And I'm like, I see them posting all these times and I'm just like, all right, but like I'm not, my 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 training is to be honest, like comparative like other people, like it's not going to be for, for what they're doing. It's not going to be impressive. Like I see guys doing crazy, crazy workouts and it's like, me, it's just like okay, we're we're just we're running slower at the marathon pace, and we're doing like, like these things, things, things that are like we're not doing that much volume. So like I have, I have like a guy that I do know that I am friends with is doing like twenty miles at five forty pace, and I'm not doing that. And so it's like, and, and so it's a little weird because like you get into a race and you're just like, okay, I just got to try. You just trust in the training. It's like I'm I'm ready. I'm yeah. fit, and it's like. But it's like that whole time period, you just got to knock that out of your head and say, hey, um, everything that I see on Strava doesn't matter. We're all in our own little lane at this point. Yeah. I, I always agree that like it's better to be undertrained than overtrained. Like it's always better to be undertrained than overtrained. The overtrained people get injured or like hit a wall in their race. If you're undertrained, you're fresh for a while. Like it's fine. Like yeah. maybe you left 20 seconds out on the course, but that's fine. This is genuinely good insight, and I'm very much enjoying this right now. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I may seem – well, I mean, I'm talking a lot, but, like, I'm speechless in a way because, like, it's like I'm hearing these words for the second time technically because Chris tells me this all the time, but, like, listening to Chris is like a but – like, <laughs> but, like, having, like, Chris's coach tell me. By the way, do you have a coach, Zach? Yeah, I do. Um, David Roche. He's, uh, he's one of, like, the main writers for uh, Trail Runner Mag. And does David Roche have a coach? I don't think so. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The latter ends. I asked this question. I don't know how many people, how many pods ago I asked this question, and Chris is walking away. Uh, but I, I asked, like, Chris's coach has a coach, and does his coach have a coach? And like, how far up does that ladder go until like we stop? You know what I mean? And yeah. like, then like, do he was able to retire from his environmental law job to do full time coaching. He cool. coaches a like, it's a lot of people. Yeah, it is. It, when you look at like his, um, it's called some work all play swap. Uh, the world teams I've been on, the majority of the men's and women's teams have been. They're like, oh, I'm also coached by David. He coaches in the ultra scene. Uh, 
everybody. Like, like two of the last three Western States hundred winners for women have been his athletes. So, like, he if if you're in ultras, you've probably at least been coached by him at some point. But it's like nothing crazy. It's very simple. Like, like the stuff I give Chris, like there are some very big workouts. Like two weeks ago, he did, and I told him to prepare for it. It's the big Kahuna. It's oh a big, yeah. But most of them, like you do a fart leg each week, you do a tempo, do a long run, or you do a fart leg and you do a long run workout. Very like it's just basic stuff. It's like the stuff that made people really good in the sixties and seventies. And I think we got away from some of the simplicity of training with too much like tech and like trying to do too many hard things. Like you're really you don't need to do that much to be pretty good. Yeah, ah, man, it's almost like one pod really isn't enough to talk about all like the questions that I have. Like I didn't expect to have this many questions, so I'm sorry, but also like we appreciate having you on. Uh, Chris, do you have more that you want to sack at the moment? Yeah, so I mean, we can we can cut it into two if we end up getting a little bit into it. Depends on how how much time you got, Zach. I'm good. I'm gonna have a little date night with my my wife soon. Neither of us are working tomorrow, which is nice. We're gonna sleep in, do a run together. It's nice. 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 So run, run as fast as you do, or she was a sprinter. We have the same four hundred PR. She's running right. fifty-five, and what's your eight hundred? I think it's like two eleven, you know, like fifty-five and two eleven. So she's pretty good sprinter mid D. Um, she's we're gonna do a time trial half marathon sometime soon because she was signed up. It was supposed to be like I think a week or two ago the uh, Philadelphia half, and uh, that got canceled. You know, pretty pretty early, but. Uh, right. We've been going on like seven, eight mile runs at seven fifteen and seven twenty pace. So, man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of cool to have like a runner wife, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Go ahead, Chris. We're we're not gonna make a uh, we're 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 not gonna make a new app, uh, not yet for uh, like daters only or runners only. Oh, yeah. <laughs> runners only. <laughs> runners only. Dot com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, uh, so you have a very different lifestyle than most uh, most professional because you're you're the times you're running you're you're a professional runner at this point. Um, it's a very different lifestyle than most people that I see. You're not working at a running store. You're not in the sense like just right out of college. You have a full time job. You also coach. You coach not only like people outside of college. You po- you coach high school, um, so you have a compl- and 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 you have you have a wife as well. You have a wife. Uh, how do you how do you do that? How do you stay motivated? How do you put that into your day? I guess like running it like the high school practice. Yeah, you get to run then, but that's not the same. That's not the same being able to put workouts in. Yeah. Uh, it's all about like balance and, and perspective. Um, I'm, I'm thankful that usually Sundays and like, like my wife kind of knows like Sunday morning, especially in like season, like that's when I'm going to go do my big, like long run workout somewhere. Usually like, to Ann Arbor with my like group of friends still going, usually like two guys. Um, that's like the day where I'm like, Hey, this is the day where I have no school stuff until I get home. I have to grade until that time. Like I go and just like do my big stuff there uh running like throughout the thickest parts like cross country and track season i just find very unique ways to like get it in um it's definitely like not ideal like uh, 
someone asked me like this year, like if you like had didn't teach, like if your full time job was running, how fast do you think you could run? It's like honestly, two twelve to two thirteen. Like if I just ran, sure, yeah, I could be pretty fast. But I also don't think I would like that. Like I think I get like I've been. I've been very busy in this quarantine for well, a few schools in the entire state, but still going. We're a private school and like, I still have to put in grades and like, we're still going, but like, I even get bored just being at home. I like human interaction. So I don't think I could last even a month at like the full pro, like in the mountains thing. And I love running. I love running at altitude, but like, I just get horrendously bored. So in some ways I think I'm good at running because I have such a very full life that I like genuinely enjoy. Like I love my kids and like, uh, there's been track meets where we get there two hours before the four by eight and I'll tell like the head like sprints coach, but like, Hey, I will be on the line to like start the timer for the four by eight. I'm going for a long run and I'll get 17 miles in and literally like finish like a leap from the parking lot, explore the neighborhoods by the school. Sometimes I'm lucky and I find like a dirt road. Sometimes it is like 17 miles in a neighborhood. And then I will just like get to the track out my stopwatch and throw on like some sweatpants and like time for, and be on my feet for like 10 straight hours um, but like it's not like it doesn't feel like it's a chore I enjoy what I'm doing when I'm there so like I'm like okay cool I got my run-ins now I can watch these guys like even if like a kid breaks like 540 for the first time I get like stoked like it's so cool seeing so it's just crazy I it's just I'm always busy like I still have a grad school homework assignment I need to post by midnight tonight um, got another one due Saturday. Like, it's just ne- there's always something. Like, I'm never like at the point. I'm like, oh, I'm done with everything. We can relax. It's like never. Like, I never experienced that. It's pretty much like there's always something else to do. But I think I just like thrive in that situation. Like, I'm good at being busy. I guess it does get super overwhelming. But like, I just like survive in advance. <laughs> basically, yeah. at some point. You strike me as a positive reinforcement kind of person. Like you, you yeah. like you get stoked about. It. See, I, I feel like in positions of power, like we talked about video games earlier, and like any any time that I'm given like the reins for something, I, I do abuse it. So like I feel like if I was a coach and I was running at the paces that you were running at, I would be like, come on, I ran at two twelve. It's mostly the the main age group I teach is freshmen, so like very much like you have to be positive with them because like. You know, it's your first time in high school and like everything's terrifying. Like everything's scary all the time and like there's like severe mental health issues, a lot of my kids, and like you just have to be stoked all the time. Like I have kids that talk to me for like twenty minutes after school about stuff I don't care about, but like you gotta like just like be like, Oh, that's cool, tell me more. Like I can't tell you how many times I've spent discussing the Avengers before I liked the Avengers. I actually really like the Avengers now. It's a pretty cool movie, but seriously. <laughs> me like every day about it. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, that's oh that's cool. That's a really great reference. And like I didn't care, but like you just like show someone you care and that's big. That's a big deal. Because like kids have parents that are more busy than like ever before, the economy and stuff we're like, Oh yeah, care, but like don't have the time. So like just like being there and like just even if you have to pretend and like sometimes I actually do but sometimes you gotta pretend like oh it's awesome and then be like I don't, I don't care like, <laughs> it's like I don't know people need pick-me-ups like it's there's not enough of that these days there's a lot of negative stuff out there and it's very easy to get like you know stuck in a rut so just like being happy with people i get to work with kids all day it's like awesome i get to like every single day like i get to be in a room full of kids who are like showing me memes like i'm not in a like desk chair like i'm standing up and like if i say something embarrassing they'll like take a picture of me and put it on snap (laughs) (laughs) every like every few days like 
I like we'll get sidetracked in the discussion and we'll be talking about something really obscure, like maybe about like we transition into Harry Potter out of something random and then we'll just be talking about a meme. And then I pause the class like some of my friends are typing like spreadsheets right now. Like I can't even describe to them like I'm getting paid to have this discussion we just had. <laughs> They're paying me for this. Like we just talked about like Hermione like for 20 minutes, but whatever. Someone's <laughs> making fun of Zach and then Zach just posts it. It just drops in the in the group chat like him doing a heel flip. He... Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. We're good. We're good. Uh, I have a couple of really important follow-up questions. Yeah. The discussion you had. First off, who's your favorite Avenger? Um, oh, so my favorite Avenger after finally, so I took a flight back from um, from South Africa last year for a race, and I watched um, I watched like the third Iron Man. There's three. Is there two or three? Yes, there, there's three. I watched the third Iron Man, and then the first two Avengers in a row because it's a very long flight. And I watched the third one the day after I got home, and that was like my first exposure. I was like, "Well, I think I love this." I watched them all in two days. Um, honestly, I really like Scar Joe. I always have. So I really like Black Widow. Um, but I also love Spider Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> like I don't know, just like. That maybe aligns with like my outlook on stuff sometimes, just like that. Just like he's just like always happy and positive, like and, and confident. Like I'm a downer sometimes too. Like today I was mostly a downer, but like, um, like uh, I like his character in that movie, just like that outlook. Um, I don't know, yeah, I also like the Hulk. I don't know. I like them all. <laughs> I like everyone. <laughs> They're all good. Yeah. Wait. So, so you have? Oh, sorry. You have seen all all the Avengers movies? Like yeah. All, okay. I like that game a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Spider Man coming back at the end. And yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Nicole. I'm sorry. You should supposed to say, like spoiler earlier. Oh, okay. Jeez. Yeah. Spoiler not spoiled. Thank you. <laughs> you know what, guys? They all get saved. <laughs> oh no! Wow. But someone doesn't. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna tell you who because we're not gonna let Larry let it out. It's Scarlet. No. <laughs> I'm louder on this mic. Oh, yeah. Isn't it Affleck's, um, what was that stupid superhero movie you did about the oh. bowling guy? Uh, Daredevil. Daredevil, Daredevil, yeah. That's a great oh, Netflix man. series. Great Netflix series. What? Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Uh, All right, Nicole, where's the next question? Um, what is your Hogwarts house? It's Gryffindor, which I know is generic, but... Oh, Gryffindor, okay. Yeah. Ravenclaw here. Ravenclaw I'm sorry, here. I'm trying to name the school from Voldemort. <laughs> Where were the other houses during that? Oh, plotting and it's revenge? Like, come on. Look, I'm just, I'm in my common room reading, man. I'm a Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. <laughs> I respect Ravenclaws, but they're they're largely just spending their time in the library. Yeah. I mean... We have to study. You have to pass your news. Like, the news don't just stop because there's a war going on. They do if you're the chosen one. <laughs> I don't remember Harry taking any of those to be no. I'm pretty sure he was offered a job as an order, like, immediately following the seventh year he never passed. <laughs> I uh, I actually, so my tattoo, I made it on Snapchat last year for someone from another school in the Catholic League. I got to school the following Monday, and one of my students goes, Mr. Earl, I saw you on Snapchat. I said, what are you, like, what are you talking about? And I went to Little Caesars, like, after a really hot, like, July run, wearing a tank top, 
And some kid behind me in line zoomed in on my tattoo and captured it. Well, I guess we have a real life wizard on our hands. And, and like like some popular kid at another, like an all boys Catholic school. And like a bunch of my students like, Mr. O, I saw them in this story. I was like, that's my English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that kids are videotaping strangers in line at like uh, Little Caesars now. That's awesome. Jeez. <laughs> Well, I have I have I have a bunch of questions for you, and I also have a bunch of this and like the rest of this. Like, there's a lot for this podcast to go on. If it's cool with you, I'd love to get a second episode of this, like later on, like yeah. next week, early next week, because I think there's still a lot to talk about. We haven't even talked about your journey into just ultra marathon running, and even to the trials. And then we have I have a lot of questions that I want to ask going forward. And this has been fun as shit. Uh, I think yeah. all of us have had a chance to I'll be indoors. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think we've had we're a really all, all indoors. <laughs> I think we've had a lot of great time with this, and uh, and and so I, I think I'm gonna, we're going to cut it for right now for this first first half of this. Uh, we'll get a second episode yeah. up. Um, we do have I don't real quick. I have do you, I have Colin Jarvis. I don't know how you know him. Uh, I knew him yeah. from running camp. I don't know how you know him, but I'm going to have him pretty soon. Yeah, I think just like um, elite running circles. I don't know if he posted on Dystat or not. I think I did run like one high school meet against him. And then I did a try. Michigan is, you guys know, obviously U of M is very arrogant. And <laughs> my senior year of college, they started a, a try meet in, for a track called the Public Ivies Try. And it's just Michigan Cal? It was Michigan, Cal Berkeley, and UVA. And it was just like literally a try meet. They would rotate at each school. Like, we're the best public schools in the nation. Um, and so I went to Cal Berkeley my senior year for that meet and like ran against him. That's what I figured. I was like, I saw that. Uh, we're also going to have Stephen Fahey pretty soon. Um, oh, cool, so I, I've known him for a couple years from just running camp. I've known him since he was a freshman in high yeah. school. So there's a lot of steeplechasers for some reason. It's going to be around in the first yeah. couple episodes. Uh, Dude, Colin's got a cool story. Um, he's got an awesome, fascinating yeah. story. Like, there's going to be some cool stuff. Yep, I, can't, I can't wait to get to him. I've known him since like we were both uh, camp counselors and running camp. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, I've been following him in like, Strava and stuff for years. Like Really cool stuff. That's going to be stuff. I'm stoked he, to listen to that. He's back to running really fast, too. So. Really excited yeah. to see where he, he's going to be going. I mean, he ran 67 last year. So, and the story, yeah. we don't want to do any spoilers, but it's going to be a really good story for him. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. So, so the end of this episode, where can they find you? Where can they follow you? Um, on Instagram, one second. I, I like have too many because like I had my private one. I started teaching. I was like, well, I need my running one where like I can post up. Do uh, at Zach Ornelis because uh, like that's where I can post like my picture of myself with a beer. I, I can't do that like on my teaching yeah. stuff. <laughs> my private ones I haven't really more. I even posted that. It's just at Zach Ornelis. O R N E L A S. That's like. But I don't post there that much. <laughs> I'll try and post more. I mostly post to my student Instagram. <laughs> I want them to know what I'm up to. I don't care what my old friends think about what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, awesome. And uh, 
15 years old. I don't know. <laughs> and, you, and can they follow you on Strava? Do you have Strava? Yeah, Strava, same thing. Um, you're not going to be amazed by anything on there. <laughs> so you're like, I think I could do most of that stuff. Until you start getting it, and still turn, until they start seeing you in technical trials, and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want to follow my trial, my uh, trials training, there's six weeks total, <laughs> one tempo of nine miles. That's the longest I could do. <laughs> so, we're gonna get it done in the next episode. I think that's gonna be really interesting. I, Nicole really wanted to know what the training was going into that, so that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, Larry, <laughs> where can they follow you at? Uh places um <laughs> uh, instagram now go follow you yeah i uh, actually just followed zach on strava while we were talking so <laughs> uh no you can find me on instagram faintly f is frank a d e l e y underscore you can find me on twitter at faintly send me emails at questions the number four larry at gmail.com and uh you know again i'm gonna keep up the words of encouragement please don't throw rocks at my car but if you see it just say nice things thank you <laughs> wait, how do we find you on Instagram? Because there's a lot of fade things. Oh uh, yeah, it's wait, really? There should just be it should just be uh, F A D E L E Y underscore. So usually for any social media, it's my last name and just my last name. There's Fadely Aesthetics. That's Jack Fadely. Oh wow, no <laughs> Fadely. Sorry, do you see Sarah Fadely? Fadely. Man, I'll uh, I'll find you. I'll find you. How about that? Is this bad? F A D F is a Frank A D. All right, and so yeah, it's, it's, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll, find, we'll find it after. Nick, you're, you're underestimating. <laughs> Man, I'm surprised. Nicole, ahead, where can they follow you. you on? Um, I am Nicole the Runner on Instagram and Twitter. Um, probably don't follow me on Strava because the only thing I use it for now is just tracking my mileage on my shoes. I have all my runs like blocked because I'm like really private about my training lately. You know. Um, but yeah, follow me on Instagram. And you can follow me on Beers and Miles, uh, beersandmiles.com. I just got an article, or I guess a post up last night. I finally edited it. It's complete, finally. Um, And you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher. Um, You can follow on iTunes. Uh, Leave a a review that'd be awesome and uh yeah we're gonna have some uh some great some great content coming up soon uh really appreciate having everybody here and uh yeah thanks everybody uh we'll talk to you next time see you later yeah, guys <laughs>